We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s, and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee 24 monthly bill credits for all well qualified customers. Contact us before canceling account to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. Ctmobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. It's Russell and Medhurst on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. play football around here yes yes we do Washington Philadelphia the boys are big underdogs on the road tonight as they should be but that doesn't mean they're gonna go lose by 10 or 11 points tonight they can go win the darn thing question is how the hell do they do it now if they play like Kristaps Porzingis is playing for the Wizards they got a shot to win it They play like Darcy Kemper did last night for the Capitals, though not all his fault. They're going to lose it. It's really that simple when it pertains to the Washington football team. Good morning, everybody. Matty Ice is on the other side of the glass. He's taking your calls at 301-230-0980. Be nice to him when you call in. Russell's across from me. I am where I'm sitting because that's where I sit. And we're glad to talk to you on a Monday morning. Mr. Russell, how the heck are you? Good morning, Pedro. How are you? Um, and everybody, Maddie, uh, everybody out there in radio land. Yeah, it is Monday Night Football. Finally, you know, if you think it's been a while since you've seen the Commanders play, and maybe you're not thinking that, right? Because yesterday, yesterday was awesome. My first reaction after the Minnesota-Buffalo epic heavyweight 15 round that's right 15 round they used to do that in heavyweight bouts Mm -hmm. and even bantamweight or middleweight and whatever 
They used to actually do 15-rounders. After the Minnesota-Buffalo 15-rounder, I said on Twitter, and I'm sure I rubbed some, irked some people, thank God I didn't have to watch a Commanders game during all that. You know, because, of course, around here, we have to focus on that, right? I mean, there's just no way. Like, I can catch glimpses of other games when the Commanders play at the same time. And even, quite honestly, when the Commanders play at 1 o'clock and there's a great epic 415 or 405 or 425 game, because we're doing post-game work and podcasts and, you know, whatever, you don't get to see it quite like that. Watching that game yesterday and then getting to follow it up with Packers-Cowboys and a sprinkle of of the other games, even though the other games weren't great in the late afternoon window outside of Packers-Cowboys, was just so refreshing. And it constantly reminds you, and I hate to start off and be Nancy negative, but I'm going to be. It just constantly reminds you how far this team has to go. To get to that level, to play in epic games like that. And I'm not... I mean, obviously, everybody knows Green Bay has massively struggled this year. I mean, do you ever kind of get a game like that? Maybe every now and then involving the commanders where it's just, you know, a big comeback. A a, a guy comes out of nowhere to score, you know, three touchdowns. You think you're going to lose. Then you win Uh, in overtime. You beat your former head coach and his return to Lambeau. Never mind Buffalo and Minnesota, which was just out of this world, Pete. And it just reminded me again how far, unfortunately, this organization has to go. Right? They don't. I mean, they don't. They don't look like that. And I I say that all the time. Uh, You know, does your team at all levels when you're when you think your team is good? I'll ask you: Do they look like the elite teams? But even even as we know, elite teams trip up every now and then. Buffalo has hit a couple of potholes here over the last couple of weeks. Kirk and them looked dead in the water at 21-10. You were like, ah, you know, they just don't have much going on here. Except when you have playmakers like Justin Jefferson, you always look, you always have something going on. And when you have a Josh Allen that's probably at about 80%, 85%, you got a little bit more of a chance because he's not going to be as sharp. Didn't have the same zip on the ball. There's no doubt about that on some of the throws. Uh, Diggs is great. Davis is great. I mean, Buffalo's got some weapons, but at some point you knew they were going to start, uh, that the chip count for Buffalo was going to start to go down because in this league it's tough enough to play with your starting secondary, but when you're missing three-fourths of it or 75% for those of you keeping track at home, thank you very much, Mrs. Knowles, Mr. Priester. I appreciate you teaching me public school math, which, by the way, is the same as private school math. It's just some of you want to pay for your kids to go to school and pay expensive money. 75% of Buffalo's secondary is out, and that's almost impossible when you're playing Jefferson and Thielen, Hawkinson now at the tight end spot for them. I mean, they're missing three of their, their four starters in the secondary, Chris, and I don't care how good your offense is, eventually somebody's going to outscore you, and Minnesota got their act together in the second half and finally got it going uh, yesterday and, and came from behind to beat them. In a, in a, and, and look, Buffalo was still driving at the end. Except Allen tried to force the ball into Davis, and Peterson is just standing right there and said, "Thank you very much." Game yep. over. Yeah. Um, I mean, Mike McCarthy. By, by the way, Josh Allen. I, I mean, again, not healthy. Got it. 
Um, and clearly the fumbled snap at the goal line, the interception yep. to end it, the earlier interception on fourth down when Sean McDermott, surprisingly a very, very, very smart like, I, I don't hear a lot of clock management, game management issues with Sean McDermott, right? He could have probably gone for a field goal there to make it, I think, a 13- or 14-point game. Instead, they went for it on fourth and, uh, I want to say fourth and two, fourth and three again, and, uh, and they threw an interception in the end zone uh, the first time, the first time to Patrick Peterson, right? Uh, so there were... There were several turnovers, obviously, by the Bills that l- allow the Minnesota Vikings to win that game. Clearly, uh, there was a- another one with Devin Singletary who got off to an unbelievable start yesterday. I- and I really thought, when I watched the start of that game and I saw how they were running, I was like, oh my God, this is just the smartest team ever, right? Like Scott Turner would come out with a quarterback with a bum UCL and try and throw 58 times. You know, and, and yet here they were just running all over the Minnesota Vikings and having all sorts of success. And then Singletary fumbles a ball, and that kind of like I don't know, I don't want to say it completely changed things, but it it kind of slowed down that part of the and put more probably emphasis on Josh Allen in the passing game. Mm-hmm. And like you said, clearly something not right. I don't know what it is exactly other than to say, well, I I mean, clearly he's not 100% elbow-wise and whatever, and that affects your zip, velocity, accuracy, all of that. I I, I mean, he played well enough to to play well enough, right? I I mean, mistakes aside, listen, Kirk Cousins made a ton of mistakes yesterday, and... You know, that's going to happen when you throw the ball at the volume that these guys throw the ball at. It's just going to happen. It is just going to happen. But the difference is is when and I guess where you make these mistakes in terms of the ability to overcome them, right? And Buffalo had that game won, as we all know, and was and threw up literally all over themselves. And shouldn't should have won that game. I even said, congratulations, Bills Mafia, after they made the fourth down stop on Kirk Cousins, which Minnesota shouldn't have even been in that situation because Dalvin Cook drops a screen pass that should have been an easy seven, or at least it looked like it was going to be. Maybe the defender who got over there at the last second would have blown it up. I don't know. But that was on third down. It's not like that I mean, and I think he would have had enough momentum to get in. He dropped that. They get the fourth down. Oh, I'm sorry. That was on fourth down. Um, they get the replay because of it offsides, which negates the drop. Remember, Washington won their first game this year. Why? Because of a drop of a wide open touchdown catch by Travis Etienne from Lawrence at the one-yard line on fourth down. Otherwise, they wouldn't have won that game. Well, Minnesota gets a second chance to run the play, and then Kirk, I don't know what you saw. He took like a weird like backward jab step on the quarterback sneak and then got absolutely stuffed and ambushed at the line of scrimmage. Turns out to be the right call, so you think the Bills win the game. Again, I'm like, congratulations, Bills Mafia, blah, 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 blah. Well, that tweet wound up getting sent to old takes expose because <laughs> of what happened. And I immediately apologized. I mean, what was I supposed to do? You stop a guy at the, you know, at the goal line on fourth and goal with 30 seconds left. You don't, I mean, you don't expect what happened happened. And then they, again, 
fumble this, and it did not look, to me, it did not look like a bad snap. That one looked like Josh Allen pulled out of there too early, Pete, Mm -hmm. and he fumbles it, and of course Minnesota recovers it for the touchdown, and then Buffalo still recovers from that, gets a horse crap call in their favor, and kicks the game-tying field goal, and then loses in overtime. And I mean, it's just back and forth, back and forth. I mean, it was great drama, great theater. It wasn't the most well-played game in terms of execution, but it was, I mean, the Diggs catch, the Jefferson catch, the back-and-forth nature of it, the controversy, the replays, all of that, when you bottle it all up, it was, you know, certainly the best game I've seen all year, and I would challenge anybody to say, yeah, we're going to be able to top that. Would you, if you're Aaron Rodgers, if you could accept a trade to Washington and throw to the weapons here or stay and throw to the weapons you have, I guarantee you, truth be told, is Russell fumbles coffee Good on Lord. the, on I the mean, shirt. Literally, I, I, I mean, I missed my mouth. Fumble! I literally <laughs> missed my mouth with black coffee. That's horrible black coffee. It's not hot. I have no sweet and low. Uh, it is wretched coffee, <laughs> and now it's all over my shirt in two first, huge spots. First turnover of the day right now, oh Russell, minus two in the turnover category, um, ladies and gentlemen. All right, so I know where you're heading with this. Would you rather have Jahan Dotson healthy, who returns tonight, Terry McLaurin, Curtis Samuel, presumably Logan Thomas, you would include in that mix yep. when he's right, Antonio Gibson, J.D. McKissick when he's not out, which he – Seems to always be, or not always, but for the most part, he's missed you know, a good amount of the last year's worth of calendar action. Um, as opposed to Green Bay, I mean, it, if you gave me yesterday's Christian Watson, maybe you'd have an argument. But I mean, like, that was the first time he's shown a pulse, Pete. I, I understand that. Right? I, I mean, well, Romeo Dobbs has kind of slowed down right. a little bit. Randall Cobb has been on the IR. Sammy Watkins came off, still hasn't really done much of anything. I, I mean, Washington has weapons when everyone's healthy. Uh, John Dotson's missed the last five games, as we know. He's going to return tonight, hold your breath style. Um, and hopefully it just helps – just key something in a massive upset, especially without Avante Maddox in, in, in the slot. But, I mean, this one to me isn't that, isn't that hard unless yesterday was the full-time coming out party for Christian Watson because you know, and I think I know, that if that dude catches the ball and he had, I think he had at least one drop early yesterday, maybe even a second one, if he catches the ball, there ain't anything no, it's a rep. That, that he can't do. It's a wrap. I mean, look, but uh, the thing that's hurt, hurt him this year a little bit, in addition to adjusting to the NFL and maybe the nerves of playing in the NFL, he had a hamstring issue at the end of last year uh, at North Dakota State, and that has seemingly kind of lingered into this year at times uh, for him as well. But yesterday makes the big catch uh, for Green Bay. They upset Dallas by a count of 31-28, to and... You know, I mean, it, obviously, if we talk about it with Washington and how the math works out in the NFC, you know, I mean, you look at some of the games that Washington has lost, and it's going to eventually, you know, I, I think they're already on the outside looking in and need somewhat of a miracle to get back into this thing uh, based on who they play still down the stretch. But, you know, yesterday shows you just when you think, you know, 
you don't know. I mean, Cardinals. Oh, you know nothing. Cardinals yeah. beat the Rams with Colt McCoy. You have, that one I knew. That one I felt good about. As soon as I saw Kyler Murray was out and Colt McCoy was in, and knowing that the Rams didn't have Stafford and knowing how bad the Rams have been this year, and their defense hasn't even been great, but it's been better than their offense, I, that one I felt good about. I, I, as a matter of fact, I see, picked I, up. I don't know how you can feel good about anything be, about the Cardinals well, as long you, as Cliff Kingsbury you're, you're right, but I felt good because I don't trust Kyler Murray either. And, and, and you know, listen, Colt McCoy is limited, but one thing I know, Colt McCoy is going to be able to manage a game, and he's going to be able to do what he needs to do to at least give you a shot. Um, you're right. Uh, that was more gut feel because, like you, I, I can't stand Kingsbury. Uh, but I don't like Kyler Murray, and I think I don't like Kyler Murray more than most people uh, don't. Now, I'm very hard on quarterbacks, I admit. I'm very hard on quarterbacks. Um so when I say I don't like Kyler Murray, it's nothing personal. I think he's a pouty, whiny baby, um, and I think the video game stuff was very legitimate. Uh, he, I, I don't think he works hard enough, and I think that's, I think everybody in the Cardinals organization knows that, uh, and that's why they tried to put that poison pill in his contract. Uh, but the bottom line is, is I felt fairly good about that one because. The Rams just, even with Stafford, have just not been. The Rams have got no juice. I mean, like they are, you you. Like, sometimes this happens, right? Look mm-hmm. look at the Nationals. Now, COVID obviously ruined it, but the 2020 shortened 60-game season after the 2019 World Series, what did the Nationals finish? Like 26-34, and 34, I think it was? Now, Strasburg obviously missed all but, like, four innings of that 60-game season, but they were, like, two totally different teams. It was almost like the team that won the 2019 World Series didn't exist that's almost the sense that you get with the Rams. I mean, they've been a disaster at running back with the whole Cam Akers situation. Um, they got the one kid back uh, who they drafted. Uh, oh God, I forgot his name. Um, who missed like seven games. He just came back yesterday. Uh, Daryl Henderson's been, eh. you know, they lost Odell Beckham, obviously, in the Super Bowl. Doesn't look like he wants to go back there. Now Cooper Cup is injured again, and they said he avoided disaster, but he's still going to miss a couple of weeks. Uh, their offensive line has been I think torn to shreds. I mean, they're done. Oh, the champs three are three and done. six. Yeah, I, I think they're done. I mean, most teams aren't done at three and six in a seventeen game season. Well, I mean, I, I Washington famously once rallied from yeah. three and six in, in two thousand twelve in a sixteen game. I mean, season. Green Bay was three and six going into yesterday, but, and and losers of five in a row. And but now there's they're no chance that six. Philadelphia collapses in front of Washington. No. Like what happened no, that year? No, so, no, 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 absolutely. But I, I mean, and, you saw Dallas. I mean, you saw Dallas exposed a little bit yesterday, losing to uh, Green Bay. McCarthy. Right, so l- let, shuns let me the, let me ask you this, mm-hmm. okay? Because you're a big Dan Quinn guy. Is that just one bad game, allowing Watson to go off like he did, or is 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 that a a problematic sign for the Cowboys? I, I don't think defense? it's a problematic sign, but I think what happens with any quarterback. If you don't get to the quarterback in the NFL, mm-hmm. that quarterback's going to have a great chance to yeah. make plays against you because the rules don't allow the corners to really do anything to stop the other guy. And, you know, Rodgers' throw to Watson on that play is just a dime. I mean, it's it's, it's what Aaron Rodgers has specialized in throughout a Hall of Fame career. So if you don't get to him, 
then Rodgers is going to have a chance to tear you apart if his receivers catch the ball. Right. So, and that, that's ultimately what that came down to. There were enough throws by Rodgers in that game. Also, you're talking about the 58 yarder, mm-hmm. which was in stride, right? Right. And yeah. also, also last night, give Matt Lafleur, the offensive staff, credit. What did they finally do? Made Aaron Jones focal point, and they ran the ball. They, had, I mean, almost every. I mean, they had almost. I think it was like. A 60-40 run to pass mm-hmm. in that game. And how do you make it easier for Aaron Rodgers? He's not laying on his back if he's handing the ball off. Mm-hmm. So the fact that they attempted uh, to run the ball. Well, uh, they had 207 rushing net yards. Mm-hmm. Guess how many passing net yards they had. Without pulling it up, no, tell me. 208. Yeah, so there's one, one more net balance. passing yard. Uh, I don't know the Balance. attempts. I got to look that up. But but yet, it, it, how ironic is it at the end of the game? What's everybody talking about? Aaron Rodgers barking and cursing at Matt Lafleur to run the ball more. To run, you know, Aaron Rodgers ain't dumb. He understands. Yes, okay, we got a little lightning in the bottle yesterday with Watson against a zone defense and some perfect throws. I mean, the one crosser, I can't remember if that was the thirty-nine yarder or the seven yarder. I think it was the seven yarder. I, I mean, Christian Watson is wide open, right? Uh, on a crossing route, he kind of starts on the right, kind of crosses the formation in the middle of the. I, I think that was the seven yard. Maybe, maybe that was the thirty-nine yarder. I can't remember. One of the two is sticking out in my mind, but. I mean, you're not going to get that all the time. And for you to score 31 points and to walk away with one more net passing yard than running yard, again, that tells you everything that you kind of need to know about what works in the NFL when you can't pass protect well, when you are facing a very good front defensive line and pass rush in general in DeMarcus Lawrence and Micah Parsons and uh, so on and so forth uh, with the Dallas Cowboys – and yet you score three. Now, granted, some of that was in overtime, or three th- three of the points were in overtime, but you still scored 28 points in regulation by passing for 207 yards. Yeah. I mean, you know, Dallas, look, Dallas yesterday, I mean, Pollard again shows you that he's, you know, very much legit. But Aaron Jones yesterday ran for 138 yards and ran for almost six yards a carry. We've been screaming all year for Green Bay to start looking in that direction for some offense. Help your quarterback. And, you know, they between between Jones and Dylan yesterday, they were fantastic. Both guys averaged over five freaking yards carry. What do we talk about all the time, Chris, against teams that love to blitz people, love to bring, you know, Parsons is essentially a linebacker that's a, that's a defensive end, so he's committed in that vein. So what do you do? You run at those teams. And yesterday, Green Bay did a fantastic job of that. What should Washington do tonight? Oh, let's run the football a little bit. Run the football. You think that works? I think it could work, especially with the talent that they have. So we'll see if they do that. How do they, and that is the Washington football team, get a victory coming up tonight? We'll talk about that. Also got to touch on Chris Tapps, Porzingis. That dude is playing like a top 10 NBA player right now for the Wizards as they win again last night, picking up a win over Memphis who didn't have Ja Morant uh, in that game. And, oh, by the way, it was a good Sunday for Saturday. Jeff Saturday's 1-0 in the National Football League as a head coach.
We'll talk about that between now and noon as well, right here on the Team 980, streaming live for free on the you-know-what, the Odyssey app. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary. (sighs) Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. After the end of a good fight, you deserve an ice-cold reward. Medela is the mark of a fighter. You've earned this rich golden lager with a crisp, refreshing taste. Because you know, the bigger the fight, the better the reward. You put in the hours, the energy, the tough labor. You are a fighter. and Medela is your reward. Medela, the mark of a fighter. Drink responsibly. Beer imported by Crown Import, Chicago, Illinois. Washington football team takes on Philadelphia coming up tonight. Jay Gruden previews it with us coming up at 10 o'clock on Touchdown at 10. Your calls at 301-230-0980 throughout the program intertwined as well. Talking about the NFL from yesterday and certainly, Chris, the news on Chase Young. We know Jahan Dotson's going to go. What about number 99? Yeah, Chase Young's not going to play uh, and be activated tonight. All the reporters now chiming in, confirming, I believe it was an Ian Rappaport first report. Not a surprise with the way the tone went as the week went along. There was optimism, obviously, at the beginning of last week, Pedro, with uh, the extra practice day, even though Wednesday was kind of a light day. Uh, that they would be able to get him up and ready and ready to go for at least a limited package. Uh, but then Friday, I get, I think it was Friday, yeah, Friday, they had to practice indoor on the field turf. Uh, we've heard a lot of the controversy now going on in the media, players, the NFLPA, field turf, the NFL shooting back, no, 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 versus grass, this, that, and the other thing. Clearly, they they did not have him practice that day, even though, again, they did not have to give an official injury report. Mm-hmm. Everything that Ron and Jack said, they weren't playing poker. They were like, yeah, it's just, you know, there's just some things that he's not comfortable with yet. Now the question is, now Rappaport says, Rappaport says that he is expected to play this Sunday in Houston. 
or I guess that that was essentially what he said, not exactly that. A, a real chance that he could play. In, well, there was a real chance that he could play tonight. One year. One year to the day. Today. Mm-hmm. One year to the day of when the injury, not the surgery, the injury occurred against Brady and the Buccaneers, November 14th, 2021 at FedEx Field. I was there. So now that's not going to happen. And now, much like the Carson Wentz conversation, although it's different, clearly, there's going to be this, well, could we get Carson Wentz and Chase Young back on a short week against the Houston Texans, regardless of what happens tonight? But especially if they win somehow tonight. If they somehow shock the world and get a win and upset the apple cart and the 8-0 Eagles and derail NFL potential history and, and, and so on and so forth, could they go to Houston at 5-5 five and five on a short week and get Carson Wentz and Chase Young back? So now that's thrown into the mix. And I guess I'll before we get to the Carson Wentz thing, I guess I'll ask it to you this way. <clears throat> because you are much more responsible and much more, um, I guess... You you are you are not as suspicious as I am. Let, let's just put it that way. You are maybe more trusting than I am. I would just say less suspicious than I am. Do you believe now with all of these delays? I mean, like people thought he was going to play against the Vikings. I never thought he was going to play against the Vikings when they didn't activate him until three days before. I thought there was a small chance, a very small chance, like a very limited role. We did talk about that. So I can't say no chance, but I didn't think there was a very good chance. I thought there was a real legitimate chance that he was going to play in this game. I'm, I got to be honest with you. I'm surprised. I don't know if I'm suspicious. I don't know. I don't know what I am. Well, I mean, either his knee's okay or it's not. Well, I I understand that, but like, why is the knee still? I, I, why some, why Chris, is it November 14th? Because he's a human being, and some people recover faster than others. I mean, we got some dudes. Oh, look, there was a time where you, you wrecked your knee. Hey, you never played again. I know. Then I know. things got better, and you know the timetable was a year. Well, now we got dudes that somehow make it back on the field, though they're not necessarily 100%. They make it back in seven or eight months, so everybody gets all giddy and excited thinking that everybody should do that. I mean, if I'm Chase Young, I have to protect the investment I have in myself. I have to protect myself. If I'm not right, then I can't I can't get out there. I got too much on the line. The problem is the the longer this goes, then the least amount you see of him, you know, you're almost Washington is almost essentially guessing that they're gonna pick up his fifth year option on blind hope and faith. Because there's nothing really to evaluate him on right now. There just isn't. I, I mean, they'll have seven or eight games to evaluate how great, him. How effective is he going to be? I, I don't know. Just coming I, back t- off t- of the t- knee injury? I'll tell you this. I would not pick up that fifth-year option if he doesn't come back and show me he can be anything close to the old Chase Young. But, but that's my point. I would though. not pick up that that's fifth-year my point. option. My point is they are in a situation where they're going to do it based on blind faith. You don't have to. They're going to. But you I don't guarantee have to. they do. If they don't, I mean, hey, if they don't, then that's a ballsy decision. Okay. It's a ballsy decision to pick it up. I agree that they are more likely to pick it up than not pick it up. I would not. How what 
I, I, again, unless Chase, when he does come back, shows you something mm-hmm. close to the pop and whizzle, wiggle and explosion that he had in his rookie year. And again, as I would point out, and as I have pointed out many times, he beat he 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 beat one good left tackle. Everyone else was a backup or you know it doesn't I mean look I, I'm, ju- it, I'm just telling I'm just right, telling I understand you. that I mean I like, understand he, that but like I mean it, dominant, first of all, yeah, he should but, he should beat Jabronis which he okay. did okay if he didn't beat Jabronis then yeah we'd have a bigger I know. concern but right now they're in a situation where they're essentially going to be doing this on blind faith. well why would you do that only dumb teams I think do that but desperate teams do. Well, okay, they desperate organizations they be, do. They shouldn't be desperate to lock in a, a guy on a fifth-year option that might cost them teams twenty million dollars. Care about public relations. Okay, this is the local guy. This Pete, is this is their local guy. I think the defensive line franchise tag next year is next year, not in twenty twenty-four, which is what we're talking about with Chase. I think next year it's going to be like $18 million, somewhere in that range. Mm-hmm. It could be like the fifth-year tag in 2024, because remember, you have to make that decision around May 1st of 2023, meaning this upcoming offseason. And it's guaranteed for skill and injury, not just guaranteed for injury anymore. Guaranteed for skill and it's automatically guaranteed you have to make that decision a, a full year plus in in advance which is advantage players co- yes and it could cost 18 or 19 million dollars guaranteed for one year who do you want to sign more right now who would you rather sign more right now Payne, montez sweater young well Chase Young would be number three on that list. I, I would I would say based on his inavailability, yeah. I mean that's 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 an easy one for me. Uh, I think a lot of people would sign Payne first right now. Uh, I mean he's been Deron Payne and yeah. Jonathan Allen have played have both played certainly at a Pro Bowl level, right. if not at an All Pro level. Well, because you know with Montez Sweat, he you still have another year left mm-hmm. under the fifth year option tag. To go so clearly, pain would be your your top priority now. But a year ago at this time, when when we were going through a horrible first half, what I mean, I know I you know I know I said it over and over again, and I think it was true. Deron Payne was labeled by people in the NFL and coaches on this staff as a guy that had all the talent in the world but was inconsistent. Right? Well, through. Nine games, that has not been a problem this year. I don't know if that's because of the contract. I don't know if that's because Jonathan Allen continues to get better and better, and now you have Allen and Montez Sweat sandwiching you, and everybody's fully healthy and ready to go. And that's this is even without Chase Young. But, you know, it can be argued, argued, that the defensive line with a mixture of F.A. Obata, James Smith Williams and Casey Tuhill at the right defensive end spot and Jonathan Allen evolving the way he has as a complete all-around player who was once, by the way, thought to be a top five, if not a top three draft pick, if not for concerns about an arthritic shoulder out of Alabama, which allowed him to slip to 17. Deron Payne, who was number 13 overall the next year, and then Montez Sweat, who should have been number 15 overall, but instead we know what happened. Like, I it could be argued that that 
the way this defensive line has been over the last calendar year since Chase Young went out is way better, way better than it was the first half of last year, certainly, before Sweat had his fractured jaw in game eight and Chase then went out uh, the game after the bye, again, one year ago today. It's way better than that, and it can even possibly be argued that it's better than it was down the stretch in 2020, Ron's first year, when all four of them were healthy. Why? Because Payne is a more consistent player, and Jonathan Allen's a better pass rusher than he was two years ago. Would you argue, or would, would you say that's fair? I think it's fair. Would you say it's right? Yeah, it's pretty close to right. I think so. So, is there any reason? I think the point is there is, any reason no. to rush Chase Young back? No. If if no, you feel that if, way and if I feel that way, because if you and I feel that I, way, there's a decent chance Ron and, and I Jack would love feel to that know way. if they have in their mind already a decision made in terms of whether or not they're going to pick up that fifth year option on him, whether they're just going to gamble and pick it up. And hope, because remember, usually you're better coming off of a knee injury in year two yeah. than you are in year sure. one. Well, forget about that aside for now. I'm just, I'm even just talking about when to activate him. Like, if Chase is not 100%, if he has okay, that's fine. But hesitation. he may not be 100% before they have to activate if him. If Ron Rivera and Jack Del Rio are looking into his eyes and talking to him about it, and he has any hesitation whatsoever, then you can't put him on the field. You cannot risk putting him on the field. What if he doesn't have that hesitation, but the numbers, the science, the data tells you that. Right, but you're arguing right now, you're arguing against the data because you're pissed off that he hasn't played in a year now. I'm pissed off. I'm just concerned. I'm alarmed. I I mean, I think it's more than reasonable to be alarmed. But I'm just saying that that's right now, that is that the biggest issue is if you're out this long, that means your rehab and your recovery. It's taking a lot longer for whether whether we can argue about the mysterious setback or lack of transparency by the team in talking about you know where it's been. But if he has any hesitancy whatsoever, you can't play football with ten guys on defense because that's I, I what you're agree. doing. I would agree. If you got a guy that's had a knee injury that has hesitation, that has uncertainty, you're playing ten on eleven. You can't win eleven on eleven as a team let alone 10 on 11. Well, especially against a team like the Eagles who will about. press the edge and who will make you I'm talking about but I'm I'm talking about football period for this team right now. It's tough enough for them to win yeah. 11 on right. 11 defensively. Right. right. So, playing 10 on 11, if he's out there not in mentally and not all in physically, that's a that's a concern for me. And I'd keep him out as long as need be. I also wonder if this is more or just as much a football decision as it is a medical decision. Meaning, if he's not 100% and we're not absolutely sold that he's ready to go, bull in a china shop style, even though every indication is that he is in terms of driving them crazy behind the scenes and you know whatever and whatever people have seen, I wonder if they look and say, yeah, against RPO, the kings of the RPO, uh... A great running attack, a, a, a wonderful offensive line. And Hurts put some massive amount of pressure massive on your perimeter, of especially against a guy that doesn't that doesn't hold his his edge well, right? That freelances at times. I wonder 
again, wonder, I'm allowed to do it. It's my show, our show, me, half of the show. I'm allowed to speculate and wonder if this is as much a football thing for this particular matchup than it is a medical thing. Meaning, because of that, because of the torque and the and how hard it would be to mask it. But then again, I thought like last week against the Vikings, a, a team that's not as difficult to play because they don't have the mobility at quarterback as Jalen Hurts is, I thought he would only play in third down and say six plus anyway. So are you necessary? Like, is there any way to kind of carve out a role for him where he's not as exposed to the RPO and to the run and sealing the edge and holding the point of attack. I, I I know there is, but clearly they don't feel like that's worth the squeeze. Clearly they feel better with the guys that they have and or maybe it is just a medical thing and he's 82% instead of 90%. I don't know. I don't know. Here's what I know. They've got... This week, and they've got part of next week, and that's it. Or yep. they got to put him on IR, or they've got to activate him. Now, you can activate a guy to the 53 man roster and not play him. So I fully expect that he's going to get activated to the 53 man roster at some point before the clock, the 21 day clock expires. Because remember, it started the Wednesday before the Minnesota game. So now we're. A week now we're a week and a half after that, Correct. so it goes to next Wednesday. Right. Next Wednesday after the the Texans, again before the Falcons. I expect them to activate him at some point for that fifty three. Because again, even if he's not ready to play in a game, you can activate him to the fifty three and have him as one of your your inactives on game day. So I don't expect that. But when's he going to play? I have no idea at this point. No idea because I thought he was going to play tonight. Jay Gruden previews it in thirteen minutes right here. Russell tells us what's trending. All right, so Chase Young, that is the big news for the Commanders as they head into Monday Night Football tonight against the undefeated Philadelphia Eagles. No Chase Young. He will not be activated per multiple reports. Uh, John Dotson is ready to go, barring some sort of setback in pregame warm-ups. No Cole Holcomb, no J.D. McKissick. We'll see about uh, Andrew Norwell, who did not practice on Saturday and is listed uh, as questionable as well. And also, uh, the center position might be a little bit of an issue. You might see Nick Martin back in there uh, instead of Tyler Larson, who is, again, listed as questionable for the commanders tonight. All-day coverage for you here on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. Meanwhile, awful news. Tragedy in Charlottesville, Virginia this morning. Current Virginia Cavaliers linebacker and defensive end Deshaun Perry was killed in a shooting on campus. 22-year-old made a couple of tackles against the Pitt Panthers uh, as it turns out his final game on Saturday afternoon uh, the problem uh, beyond the tragedy is the suspect has been named as Christopher Darnell Jones, a former Virginia football player. And as of just about a half an hour ago, he remains at large and is considered armed and dangerous. And as Pete has mentioned a couple of times, Kristaps Porzingis carrying the load once again for the Washington Wizards, who sweep the weekend at Capital One Arena, first Utah and then Memphis. Granted, without John ja Morant and others on Sunday night, Wiz have won four in a row, and that's what's trending. 
Now with the MLB app, you can get baseball your way. Pick your favorite team, your favorite players, and get customized highlights, stories, and breaking news right on your home feed. Follow the action with Game Tip, where 3D replays add another dimension. Plus, notifications can keep you connected to every pitch, every hit, every game. The MLB app. Baseball, your way. Download it now for free from the App Store or Google Play. Blackout and other restrictions apply. Major League Baseball trade parts used with permission. Shout out to our former radio colleague, Kevin Schaefer, by the way. Kevin Schaefer is going to go be an assistant softball coach at Shenandoah University out there in Winchester. Good for Kev. Kev. Attaboy. Good for you. I didn't even know about it. I love Kevin Schaefer. Kevin Kevin Schaefer is a good dude. I mean, he is salt of the earth. Didn't even know he was involved in softball. So that's that's somebody to need to have in your back pocket, especially when your daughter is a softball player. So. Shout out to the folks in Sterling, Phil Boland Park yesterday, getting the facility ready to go uh, for uh, the kids uh, after all that rain and everything. You know, one-hour game sucked, but, you know, it is what it is. Uh, but appreciate all the work. They, those folks out there in Loudoun County do an amazing job getting those parks set to go. You mentioned earlier, by the way, before we get to uh, Jay Gruden, top of the hour here, the, the continued back and forth between – the league and its players over playing surface. You touched on it there. Treader sent out a letter, the NFLPA uh, guy on the player side, and the league fired back with the analytics saying basically the number of injuries are the same, essentially grass or uh, you know turf. Look, I, I think the, the biggest thing is, Chris, is the non-contact injuries are the ones that frustrate the players. That can happen, though, in almost any way, shape, or form. Uh, is it is it greater on turf? Eh, maybe because of the surface itself, uh, not as giving as a Bermuda surface like most teams would use. Like we played in Baltimore on Saturday. Ravens have a Bermuda surface up there now. So, I mean, I, I understand the frustration of the players, but if the analytics really don't say there's a huge difference. Now, is it is grass better? 100%. 100%. But, you know, you're, you're trying to play. Some of these stadiums are trying to play and or host multiple types of events. And if you're hosting concerts mm-hmm. and all that other stuff in your building, Bermuda's terrible because it gets destroyed when you bring in all the staging mm-hmm. and all the, the stuff that goes with concerts and the other things that you're hosting. You know, some people have monster trucks inside their stadiums and stuff like that. So, I mean, to me, I understand why we're using field turf on a lot of these places. Bermuda's better. There's no doubt about it. But if the analytics really don't back up a serious um, difference, yeah, it's frustrating, but you can't blame it on just the turf itself. Right. And that's what the NFL is saying. You know, and and listen, like you said, natural grass, no doubt about it, is better but natural grass isn't always the ultimate elixir, as we found out at FedEx Field, right? There's a difference between natural grass that is well-maintained, well-kept, the best kind of natural grass or sod, 
And then the best kind of drainage and rooting system and cultivating system underneath. I mean, Pete, I, it, it, there's a difference between that and just natural grass, right? I, I mean, to say just natural grass. Well, again, FedEx Field has had natural grass forever. And it's been a house of horrors mm-hmm. in terms of injuries, right? Uh, and in terms of, of, of injuries that are attributed, certainly in Robert's case, to... Or at least the second injury, not the Halotinata injury that first started it, the second injury against Seattle, it's attributed to that surface. Guess what that surface is? Natural grass. Guess what happened that offseason? Because I was there. I remember my friend Lon Rosenberg invited me and Grant Paulson out to walk FedEx Field after they had done months and months of work in terms of the underneath, the soil, the roots, the drainage, the uh, – there was pipes and all sorts of different things. I don't remember all the details. It was back in, again, 2013. Again, you can have natural grass and have it be crap which is basically what happened at FedEx Field because they didn't invest in the right grass. They didn't bring in the right grass, the right field, the right drainage, the right everything underneath. It's not just grass versus field turf. It's not. And everybody tries to make it that. It's not. And and, and obviously you don't have to worry about that when you have field turf, but then you have to worry about the right kind of field turf. But if everybody just wants regular grass, well, let's ask Jay Gruden about it because his boss, Bruce Allen, was as outspoken as any human being that I ever remember about absolutely not going to field turf. So let's ask Jay. We'll do that that next. Jay Gruden will preview Washington and Philadelphia with us. We'll hear from the former Washington coach and longtime NFL offensive coordinator and current consultant in the league. We'll talk to Jay Gruden next right here on the Team 980 and streaming live for free on the Odyssey app. We really need new phones. T-Mobile will cover the cost of four amazing new iPhone 15s and each line is only $25 a month. New iPhone 15s? It's better over here. Only at T-Mobile get four iPhone 15s on us and four lines for $25 per line per month with eligible trade-in when you switch. Minimum of four lines for $25 per line per month with auto-pay discount using debit or bank account. $5 more per line without auto-pay, plus taxes and fees. Phone fee at 24 monthly bill credits for well-qualified customers. Contact us before canceling accounts to continue bill credits or credit stop and balance on required finance agreement due. $35 per line connection charge applies. See T-Mobile.com. <sighs> Spring is a time of renewal, so why not refresh your home with a little help from Blinds.com? We make getting custom window treatments a minor project with major impact. Choose from premium blinds, shades, and shutters. We even have options for your patio, too. Blinds.com invented a better way to shop for custom window treatments. There's no pushy salespeople in your home or inflated showroom prices. Our design experts can help you find the perfect window treatments on your schedule. We'll even send free samples directly to you. Plus, we can handle the measuring and installation for you. Unlimited window treatments installed for just one low cost. And with Blinds.com, you'll always get transparent pricing. No hidden fees. Our free shipping and 100% satisfaction guarantee can put the spring back into your step. And into your home, too. Shop Blinds.com right now and save up to 45%. Up to 45% off for a limited time at Blinds.com. Blinds.com. Rules and restrictions may apply. Oh, oh, oh. 
Protect your vehicle's engine with a full synthetic oil change and save with Mobile One at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Purchase five quarts of Mobile One full synthetic motor oil and receive a $10 O'Reilly gift card after rebate. See store for details. With your Mobile One purchase, you'll also receive two times points during Old Rewards Bonus Points Month at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly. 